Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Forever. Dog. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast. Scary Stories Stories to Tell on the Pod. pod. It's a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, um, frightening ghosts, haunted truths, (laughs) little tiny words with ghosts drawn on them. Um, it's it's basically like if a, a, a something a girl at summer camp told you that isn't true that she got in trouble for telling you and then she had to apologize to you but she was crying when she apologized so then you yes. just felt worse than if she just and, lied and her name was some a name you've never heard but sounds like a name and it was like Varna like it was just like some yeah some name that's popular in Pennsylvania somewhere I I had a next door neighbor named Onelia so it'd be something like that <laughs> no, no. yes Onelia Onelia wow something like that. This one goes uh, out for Onelia. This one goes out to Onelia. Um, and we are united in friendship by the um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark books by uh, collected by Alvin Schwartz with drawings by Stephen Gamble. But listeners, today's a Wednesday. It is a Wednesday. No freaking parents. All bets are off. We're having a big, <laughs> crazy party with no Alvin Schwartz, no Stephen Gamble. This is everything outside. This is the extended universe version. Mm-hmm. And today... Sweets are on limits. Yes. And today... Friends, we've got. I'm like intimate. It's like a good friend, but I'm like, I just like him too much. It's hard to even introduce. I know, truly, he's reached iconic levels on multiple mediums at this point. There has to be a Yiddish word for when you're shy to introduce your friend because you like them so much and also they're so <laughs> culturally important to the world. It really is true. This is a this is a friend who's become so important that now every time I talk to my parents, they ask how he's doing. <laughs> Yes, my parents have absolutely wanted to know what Bowen Summer looks like, for sure. <laughs> um, oh no, I said it. He's she said it. Uh, listen, you almost you there's I would be such a bad chance. spy. I'd be there's such zero a bad chance spy. you don't know who he is. You know his work on Saturday Night Live. Aquafina is Nora from Queens, his amazing podcast with Matt Rogers, Les Culturistas. It's Bowen Yang. Oh my parents. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> wow. It's my parents. It really, I, cause as soon as you guys started talking about your parents, I was like, oh, wait, I have my personal history with both of you goes far back enough where I've met your parents and mm-hmm. I saw, I looked up to you two as paternal and maternal figures. <laughs> we were your parents. We were your fathers oh, for sure. Oh, man. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Bowen. Absolutely. We were all on a college improv group together. Good God. Bowen, famous. This was sort of like a um, diamond in the rough, like, uh, Princess Diaries style like Bowen came to the auditions with friends or it, it was like you were a pre-med angel a pre-med angel I, I Facebook messaged oh, Anna yes. Dresden yes. in April of 2008 yes, yes. <laughs> asking um, if I, you were allowed to audition despite not being in Tish 
Exactly. And I think I said, hey, surf's up. (laughs) (laughs) I went so hard for like experimenting with a personality. It was so cool because you know what I remember? The way you signed off that message, Drez, do you remember? No. You said, anyway, good luck with your mini fridge rentals. Bye. And I was like, that's the funniest joke I've ever. Oh, wow. That is good, Anna. That's a a really good joke. Thank you. That's a great joke. For a 20-year-old, that's like a Mark Twain prize worthy joke. Yeah. God, you guys flatter me. I just found out that my parents still have my freshman year mini fridge in the shed next to all the bikes. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Wow. It's yeah. a functional fridge. Oh, and it there's just so much history. We've all screamed at each other and sobbed at each other and laughed with each other. Yes. Yeah, um, we've, we've watched lots of um, video each other playing video games on different televisions. <laughs> um, we've smelled each other's shits. Uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely featured. Um, yeah. Oh my yeah. god. It's deep. It's deep. It's Bowen deep. has come to many many cast parties that Anna and I had our fundraiser parties back in those years. <laughs> oh my. God. No, really Let a drinking. Never speak of them. Really a party grape god. Juice with like um, stoli vodka, not even stolish naya. <laughs> like it comes in. It comes in like Poland spring water bottle level plastic. Like that was the vodka that we drank yes. together. It's so funny it that so handle. many of our stories from back then we tell as being like very funny things. But if you tell to someone outside of them, they're like, "Oh my god!" I yeah, think. Yeah. I think a lot of these things will just wait for each of our postmortem autobiographies to come out. You know? <laughs> yes. I feel yes. like Absolutely. that's the safest. Um, Bowen, uh, how's your quar? My core is good. Um, I have been uh, just playing a lot of video games, and it's which is not that interesting inherently, but it's just like it's passing the time in a way that feels um, normal because it's it's very it, it, video games in themselves are very isolating things, right? Uh, yes. It's a very it's a very isolating activity, and so um, that's that's been my core. What about you guys? Oh, you know, it's funny. It's funny that you brought up video games because there's something very calming about uh, being in a universe where no one knows about COVID. <laughs> I know. Um, but you're, that, but where you can still control what they yes, do. Exactly, yes, exactly. Exactly. Because because watching movies, which is a lot of what I've been doing, is about me watching it and being like, they have no idea that COVID's coming. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I've, been, I've been trying to get better at baking and cooking. I've been trying yes. a lot of new recipes. Um, and it's been going semi-well. I feel like there are some things that I was intimidated by that now I made a I made a meringue for the first time which I was very proud of. Oh wow. Egg white yeah. king. I know it's <laughs> it's intimidating. <laughs> I do feel king. like the egg white king. <laughs> egg white king. What did you do with the yolks? Oh, I put them in a Ziploc bag and I froze them, baby. <gasps> Dang! I did. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'll use them for a custard. I don't know. Or maybe I'll forget about them and they'll become some hideous blob in the back of my freezer that I'll never deal with. Oh my god. I've been I've been freezing like odds and ends of like um like vegetable and chicken bones and like I I just (laughs) put it in the freezer and I'm waiting to become a good enough person to know how to make stock. Oh man. Oh no, it'll never happen for me. Like I've 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 t- I've asked myself the same thing. I'm like, am I going to be the person who makes chicken stock from scratch? And I'm like, no, I will not keep around bones. Um <laughs> I'm keeping around bones. Water. I'm keeping around yes. bones and I'm waiting. I'm waiting for God to to ignite me. <laughs> I the first time I'm going to Listen, I know all of our listeners are super hungry for stock stories and broth mm. stories. Um <laughs> 
Um, they probably are. They uh, are. They are. So my husband Chris used to be roommates with Bowen and our yes. friend Mike Spence. <gasps> And the first, I I used to think I was a much more experienced cook than I was. And the first time I was like, I'm going to make bone broth. It was in the kitchen. And I just thought that you put a rotisserie chicken in a pot with water and then put it on like power boil for a long, (laughs) long time. And I did it for like three hours. I, I, God, I'm, it, I was the nightmare version of a roommate's boyfriend who like truly is just boiling bones in a kitchen. I'm going to make sandwich stock. I'm going to put the sandwich (laughs) in. Sandwich stock. And then it was, and then it, it absolutely was just congealed cartilage. I didn't know what went wrong. And I was so embarrassed about it. I put it straight (laughs) in a garbage bag and then I took it outside and I ran to the nearest public um, garbage can and I put it in there because I didn't want anyone to know that it had happened. I must have been on a story pirates trip or something because I have no memory. (laughs) Oh, thank goodness. I probably wasn't in town. The impression impression that I got from you and Chris was always that you were both like the perfect domestic gods of the the pantry or whatever. That's very kind. I boiled bones and Chris didn't know that pepperoni was meat. It's all okay. That chicken was sentenced to the kind of torture death (laughs) And uh, indecent burial that was given to pirates. Yes. <laughs> the yes. Yes. I am. I am the ogre of the st- chicken world. You'll be stuck on a spike and roasted slowly. <laughs> Your body will be boiled to glue. They don't even eat. They didn't even eat him. They just threw him out. You don't even get a private garbage. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, public, public garb. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, good. well s- speaking of hideous death and frightful things, uh, yes. Bowen, you are a urban legisode guest, and you have brought with you an urban legend that you wish yes. to share. I would love to share this with you um, and, and the listeners. Uh, this is an urban legend that, um, coincidentally enough, has to do with video games since I've been <gasps> fixated on them. But this is something that I read uh years ago on a wonderful community site called 4chan and <laughs> it's not it's like a garden really yeah, yeah. well this People... was back when it was kind of like an, a kind of an okay place to be, wow. to be working on in the internet and now it's fully corrupted but um... <laughs> when you when you came to 4chan like before that where are you with ghost stories with ghost culture like what Okay, my 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 background with ghost culture is like pretty weak. I would say I don't I, I like I never I never um I I never really like um fixated on on ghost stories the way sure. that a lot of people do. I, mm-hmm. I feel a little whenever I, whenever I would do like the Asian Bible camps of Colorado of um the, the Denver metro area, I would be like, oh, am I am I abnormal on a on an extra layer above me being in the closet? Like I don't get ghost stories. Oh, no. um, oh yeah. So, but this is not to say that I don't, I don't appreciate them. I, I just, I just don't really let them. I just, I, I, I don't suspend disbelief enough to to really like let them seep in and for for me to really sort of like um believe them to be half true. That's that totally fair. I my a defining moment that I remember Bowen is at our friend Nick uh, Nick and Anna's wedding. We were mm-hmm. all around a fire, and you and Matt started <laughs> telling Fire Island ghost stories. <laughs> I don't which, remember those. Which were told in this like <laughs> once upon a time. They all took place at at Cherry Grove Cherries. <laughs> and most of them were about like a go-go boy fell off his pole and snapped his neck and nobody did anything. <laughs> I don't remember those. 
this at all. <laughs> fell off uh, his pole. Fell off his pole. Yeah. It was, it was always that pole, no one though. did anything when a go-go boy was injured. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, everyone just kept dancing. <laughs> oh, that's oh my perfect. God, that's so, so yeah. funny. Thank God. Thank God. But yeah, I, I, but then, but, but I feel like, I feel like there are so many entry points into like occult stories mm-hmm. that um, I, sh- I, I, sh- I should start getting into them. But this is, but the, the, the urban legend I'm about to share is something that's really stayed with me over the this years. This is good. Mm-hmm. We just like yeah. to calibrate and get a sense of where our guests are before they get into the, the ghost story. So you're coming to it as a, as an, it's like a neophyte a or, yeah, sure. and yeah. sensible, trustworthy, I think. Yeah. Maybe. I just, no, I, no, I feel like a part of my brain is missing for, for not, for not being like, for not having the same kind of like obsession with ghost stories that a lot of people do, but I don't know. It's no, it's freed it's up for other wonderful things. That's that's why it's like I like ghost stories. I can't lip sync, you know. Oh yes, <laughs> it's 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 the it's the prefrontal cortex. Yeah, exactly. Lip syncing and ghost stories. Though. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So sh- sh- I have it up. Should I just Take read it off of it? Let's do okay, it. And then and then anytime. So th- anytime. Things seem confusing. Please feel free to stop me. There's a lot of esoterica around the Pokemon universe. So, oh, um, oh I'm so sorry. I gave it away. So this is this is a Pokemon game that is a bootlegged game that people. So the, yes. So I, I might as well get into some background. This is a Pokemon game that allegedly existed way back in the '90s with the first version, with the first uh-huh. generation of games. And this is like a haunted game with really crazy, some really crazy details. Okay. Yes. So delightful. Okay. Okay. It's it's so dumb. It's so dumb, but it really it freaks the shit out of me. Amazing. Genuinely, it freaks the shit out of me. Okay. So is that okay? So anytime yes, perfect. something seems anytime something seems um, confusing, just please feel free to stop, and I'll, we'll and scream. I'll I'd be happy to totally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is called Pokemon Black. Okay. <laughs> and it's and it's and it's it's written it's written on 4chan in, in the first person. So some okay. someone someone wrote this on 4chan. Great. Here we go. I'm what you could call a collector of bootleg Pokemon games. Pokemon Diamond and Jade, Chaos Black, etc. It's amazing the frequency with which you can find them at pawn shops, Goodwill, flea markets, and such. They're generally fun, even if they are unplayable, which they often are, and the mistranslations and poor quality make them unintentionally humorous. (laughs) I've been able to find most of the ones I've played online, but there's one that I haven't seen any mention of. I bought it at a flea market about five years ago. Here's a picture of the cartridge in case anyone recognizes it. Um, and then in line, it's a it's it's a, a black Game Boy cartridge, uh-huh. jet black with the Pokemon logo on a black background, <gasps> and that's it. Whoa! No 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 writing on it besides the Pokemon logo. In case anyone recognizes it. Unfortunately, when I moved two years ago, I lost the game, so I can't provide you with screen caps. Period. Mm. Sorry. Period. <laughs> <laughs> The game started with the familiar Nidorino and Gengar intro of red and blue version. So it's just this animated like thing that you see in the beginning of the game. However, the press start screen had been altered. Red, the protagonist, was there, but the Pokemon did not cycle through. Usually you would see the Pokemon trainer and then you'd see like, Squirtle or Pikachu or Charizard cycling through. No, no cycling through of Pokemon. It also said black version under the Pokemon logo. Upon selecting new game, the game started the Professor Oak speech, and it quickly became evident that the game was essentially Pokemon Red version. Hmm. So, seems familiar. Right. After selecting your starter, um, if you looked at your Pokemon, you had, in addition to Bulbasaur, Charmander, or Squirtle, another Pokemon. Ghost. (laughs) 
<laughs> the Pokemon was level one. It had the sprite of the ghosts that are encountered in Lavender Tower before obtaining the Silph Scope. That's not important. Is that? Um, a, but that's a normal feature of Pokemon. Yes. Okay. Normal feature of Pokemon. You get to this tower, and there's a there's a lot of like nondescript ghosts that are like blobs of dust that like menace you, but they're mm-hmm. not actually technically okay. Pokemon. Great. Great. It had it had one attack, Curse. <gasps> I know that there was a real move named Curse, but the attack did not exist in Generation 1, so it appears it was hacked in. Fuck. Fuck. (laughs) Defending Pokemon were unable to attack Ghost. It would only say they were too scared to move. When the move move Curse was used in battle, the screen would cut to black. The cry of the defending Pokemon would be heard, but it was distorted, played at a much lower pitch than normal. Oh! The battle screen would then reappear, and the defending Pokemon would be gone. <gasps> if used in a battle against a trainer, when the Pokeballs representing their Pokemon would appear in the corner, they would have one fewer Pokeball. Paragraph break. <laughs> the implication was that the Pokemon died. <laughs> <laughs> so in the Pokemon universe, Pokemon don't die, they just faint. Right. And and you can heal them up immediately at a Pokemon center. They, they're still, they're, they're, their fainted body is still with you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> But this is some, this is something where the ghost casts cursed and the Pokemon would be gone. Oh <laughs> my gone. god! Okay, en- envisioning a Pokemon dying is so yes. <laughs> I like it's so dumb. I like the boardroom where they're like, "Well, I think the kids will like if the Pokemon die and they never come back." Well, you don't see it; it just cuts to black. <laughs> and everyone else is wearing like Team Faint T-shirts. Like they're <laughs> so yes. for the fainting. Fainting has been the decision, and one person is like, "They should be dead." I've always been team faint. Yeah, <laughs> me too. If I, if you, if, if everyone fainted instead of died, yeah, it's just it's, it's a lot more glamorous for sure. Yes, yeah. Cemeteries would just be f- like filled with people. Like, oh, oh God, oh. chaises, tufted chaises everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> of she was laid to rest on a tufted chaise. She felt Chez. better a day later. <laughs> That's good. We're pitching That's really it. Good. We're pitching We're it. Pitching it. Okay. We're pitching it. Um, okay, here we go. What's even stranger is that after defeating a trainer and seeing Red receive $200 for winning, let's say, the battle commands would appear again. If you selected Run, the battle would end as it normally does. You could also select Curse. If you did, upon returning to the overworld, the trainer's sprite, the opposing trainer's sprite would be gone. After leaving and re-entering the area, the spot where the trainer had been would be replaced with a tombstone. <gasps> like oh, no. the one oh, said Lavender God. Tower. Oh, so that God. the implication here is that you you could kill the trainers, and you could kill children <laughs> oh with this Pokemon. <laughs> oh my God! Wow! Is, is this, isn't this isn't this terrifying? Okay. This is great. This is great. The move Curse was not usable in all instances. It would fail against Ghost Pokemon. It would also fail if it was used against trainers that you would have to face again, such as your rival or Giovanni, who's this like recurring bad guy. <laughs> it was you. It was usable in your final battle against them. However, I figured this was the gimmick of the game, allowing you to use previously uncapturable ghosts. Because Curse made the game so easy, I essentially used it throughout the whole adventure. The game changed quite a bit after defeating the Elite Four, which is like the final mm. gauntlet of battles you have to okay. fight. After viewing the Hall of Fame, which consisted of Ghost and a couple of Pokemon I used, the screen cut to black. A box appeared with the words, many years later, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> it then cut <gasps> to epilogue. Lavender Tower. Yes. Oh my god. Oh. It then cut to Lavender Tower. An old man was standing, looking at tombstones. You then realized this man was your character. <laughs> 
the man moved at only half of your normal walking speed. No. You no longer had any Pokemon with you, not oh. even Ghost, who up to this point had been impossible to remove from your party <laughs> through depositing in the PC. Um, the overworld was entirely empty. There were no people at all. There were still the tombstones of the trainers that you used curse on, however. You could go pretty much anywhere in the overworld at this point, though your movement was limited uh, to the fa- uh, was limited to the fact that you had no Pokemon to use HMs. That doesn't matter. Regardless of where you went, the music of Lavender Town continued on an infinite loop. After wandering for a while, I found that if you go to Diglett's Cave, one of the cuttable one of the cuttable bushes that normally blocks the path of the other side is no longer there, allowing you to advance and return to Palatown, which is where you start. Um, where your mother lives, where you meet your first Pokemon, uh-huh. where you start the game. Bone, you're doing Upon an amazing entry- job of onboarding people into Pokemon. I know. Am I? I? This is I don't know anything yeah. about it, and I'm following. Okay. Yeah. Great. You're great, so great, good. good. Okay. Oh my god! Thank you. Upon entering your house and going to the exact tile where you start the game, the screen would cut to black. <laughs> oh, no. Then a sprite of a Caterpie appeared. It was then replaced by a Weedle, then a Pidgey. I soon realized, as the Pokemon progressed from Rattata to Blastoise, that these were all of the Pokemon that I had used Curse on. After the end of my rival's team, a youngster appeared, and then a Bug Catcher. These were the trainers I had killed. Oh! Throughout the sequence, the Lavender Town music was playing, but it was slowly decreasing in pitch. By the time... <laughs> By the time your arrival appeared on screen, it was little more than a demonic rumble. No! <laughs> on a Game Boy! The concept on a Game of Boy. a demonic rumble <laughs> on a Game Boy. <gasps> on a Game Boy. All like 8-bit graphics, like black and white graphic. <laughs> Binary, black, black square, white square. Like that's all it's being communicated. Okay. Scary. Okay, there's, there's, a few, there's a few more little things. Another cut to black. A few moments later, the battle screen suddenly reappeared. Your trainer sprite was now that of an old man, the same one as the one who teaches you how to catch Pokemon in Viridian City. So uh, in the original game, you run across an old man who mm-hmm. teaches you how to catch Pokemon, shows you how to throw a Pokeball and such. Um, so you you meet him again in the post-credits. Ghost appeared on the other side, along with the words, Ghost wants to fight. Oh. You couldn't use items and you had no Pokemon. <gasps> if you tried to run, you couldn't escape. The only option was fight. Using fight would immediately cause you to use struggle, which didn't affect ghost, but did chip off a bit of your own HP, your own hit points, your own health points. When it was ghost's turn to attack, it would simply say dot, dot, dot. Eventually, when your HP reached a critical point, ghost would finally use curse. The screen cut to black a final time. (gasps) Regardless of the buttons you pressed, you were permanently stuck in this black screen. At this point, the only thing you could do was turn the Game Boy off. When you played again, new game was the only option. The game had erased the file. (laughs) I played through this hacked game many, many times, and every time the game ended with this sequence. Several times, I didn't use Ghost at all, though he was impossible to remove from the party. In these cases, it did not show any Pokemon or trainers, um, uh, in the end credits and simply cut to the climactic battle with co- with Ghost. I'm not sure what the motives were behind the creator of this hack. It wasn't widely distributed, so it was presumably not for monetary gain. It was very well done for a bootleg. Oh. <laughs> this, is la- this is the last paragraph. It seems he was trying to convey a message. Oh. Though it seemed that I am the sole receiver of this message, oh. Oh. I'm not entirely sure what it was. The inevitability of death? The pointlessness of it? Perhaps he was simply trying to morbidly inject death and darkness into a children's game. 
Regardless, the children's game has made me think and it has made me cry. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. I don't believe it to be a real thing, but it's it gives me chills. It is very well done. Yes. The structure I, of it. Yeah, the structure and the fact that it is like in the voice of a sort of like disaffected um like video game Message aficionado. Board member. Yes. 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 It's yeah. really good. Wow. Oh yeah, the the point of view is very specific and yet it, te- it, it like the, the 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 sort of eeriness of it is like kind uh, of kind of universally understood. I have a Pokemon question. Yes. So Gengar is like a ghost Pokemon, right? Yes. Normally. Is the yes. implication that Gengar used to be alive or do ghost Pokemon exist in this like perpetual spirit state? I think ghost Pokemon okay, I think this is this is a very good question. This is a very good ontological question. Mm-hmm. I think ghost Pokemon exist um in terms of the lore and the and the and the logic of the first Pokemon games, if a Pokemon were to die, they would mm-hmm. be a ghost. Um, but it would be this amorphous, not specific to a Pokemon. Gotcha. But meanwhile, like a Gengar or a Ghastly was like um like a manifestation of a ghostly spirit turned into a Pokemon. Yes, I see. Like an elemental kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. It, become, it doesn't really make sense, but yeah. It became corporeal. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Exactly. But that's the distinction between a Gengar and um, these ghosts in, in this world or the ghost him, itself in, in Pokemon Black is, is, is th- that's another thing. Yeah, it's, it, it's good that you asked that question because it makes it even scarier quote-unquote right ghost is not technically even a pokemon right oh that is also having to confront all the people you've killed before as being like (laughs) part of the curse is very scary hell 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 hell. man it's funny because like on its face the idea of a haunted video game as like a non-video game person could seem like why would that be scary yeah. Um, which is not what I thought when you brought this up, Bowen, because I've like waded into creepypasta world and oh, I yeah. am as a non-video game person thoroughly terrified by it. And I think it is because especially Pokemon is something with such rigid rules and yes. it's so simple <laughs> and it's so uncomplicated that it's like it's little guys and they do little fights and they uh-huh. have different moves. And the idea that there would be something that would step out uh, like off that track is so yeah. scary. But would absolutely, and then, but then it also like makes you think back on the logic of Pokemon to begin with, which is just like cockfighting, and you're like, that's so dark. Oh, is that right? Whoa. I mean, it's it's you're, you 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 have little animals, and animal you, like, fights, and then you you make them fight each other. Yeah, oh, Lady Bird. <laughs> I didn't like, even. No. She would do so bad f- in a cockfight. <laughs> It's uh, Bowen. When did you get on the Pokemon train? It came out in America in like ninety eight, ninety nine, seven, ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, that was around the time. Yeah. And that was. And thank God for Pokemon because Pokemon had just come out. Um, my last year in Canada, where oh, I was Canada. just speaking dirty French, Canadian <laughs> French, and then did not know English, and then moved to America, and then. But my like obsession with Pokemon was like some sort of like fun assimilation currency for me to like make friends <laughs> with other kids. Oh yeah. And then learn English that way. And just, and just learn English through the, the TV show and like the games. That's amazing. And so Pokemon is 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 a, is a is a nice little meaningful thing for me, but then so then yeah, I think I I think I read this post like I would say before like this was high school before college and then wow. for some reason it just really it has really stuck with me. Oh, of course. I I often feel I I wish I had been 
I wish I had like gotten on the Pokemon train because I actually felt like it was a thing that distanced me from a lot of other kids just because I like – I didn't – I one time got in trouble. I was on a safety patrol trip to Washington, D.C. and I did trips? Yeah, I didn't – we went on a train. We took an Amtrak and it was just like a bunch of – it was a – Florida to D.C.? Yes. It was a waking (laughs) – nightmare did you guys visit like the fbi (laughs) we went we we, like went to all the places they they we stayed in what i think was like a boarding house like it was not a hotel it was truly a nightmare and i got in big trouble on the train i didn't even know what i was saying i was just saying things Uh and um someone was like i feel like it was around the time pokemon trading cards were becoming a big thing yeah yeah and um I someone like gave me a couple cards to look at, and I don't know why I said this. I don't know where it came from. I uh-oh, remember uh-oh. seeing a card of a thing called Oddish. Yes, and I just said very <laughs> loudly, "Oddish is queer," and then I got in big trouble. <laughs> Wait, I'm looking up Oddish. Wow, I got Oddish s- is queer, and you're <laughs> right in every sense of the word. I Oddish got separated. Queer. They put me in a different seat, away from anybody for like an hour. Oh my god, Oddish is queer. I'm looking at an Oddish. Oddish is queer. Oddish looks like a little blue radish with little feet and like yeah. a beautiful green head of leaves. A fan and of green leaves. It's got a big, open, happy smile and two little shiny, beady eyes. I don't even oh. think I knew what queer meant. Like, I think I was just, you know, when you're like 10 or 11, you just say, like, I think I just was saying oh, things. Yeah. I didn't yeah. understand why I was in trouble. But yeah, that, and I felt like that kind of put me in a place where I was like, well, I don't, I don't play Pokemon because it caused me oh, to get in trouble. Because Oddish um, is queer. Oh my god. But, I, yeah, I did a thing that I think I've heard a lot of girls did, which is just trading the Pokemon cards. Yes. And not playing um, them or anything. On an um, aesthetic level, just being like, yeah. oh, that one's pretty. Oh, I lost yeah. I lost my holographic um Charizard because a guy named <gasps> John something, I won't say his name. Oh wow. Okay. Um told me that it wasn't worth much and he gave me a bunch of like true bullshit oh, in exchange for it. Fuck. And and it was one it was a Japanese card too. Wow. Wow, Anna. I mean that you 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 could fucked up. retire if you sold that today. I wouldn't have to be here with you freaks. I'd be on a damn <laughs> boat. No, this is my heaven. No. I want to I want to be in Lavender you, Town with you guys. You making that yeah. decision <laughs> Like if you had not traded it, you'd be like do a Lipa now. Like that was yes, just like the that's the whole different crew. But there Fully is a whole there's a whole world of like scary video games, right, Bowen? Like yes. of like horror video games. Horror video games that I've never horror video games that I've never um had an interest in playing. But I feel like now is like the perfect time to just sort of like um I don't know just um, be immersed in something. And but, right. but yeah, but like in a way that like um is the value proposition of video games, which we talked about, was just that you get to control circumstances, right. someone else's. But it's like if you if you want to feel like you're in a horror movie, it's it's perfect. Like Silent Hill and um. Resident Evil are perfect. There's mm-hmm. one. There, there, you guys should talk to someone um, about. Oh God, something, something. Shadows. It was a GameCube game where it, it glitched out on purpose <gasps> and told you like your controller's not plugged in. Oh, like as you as you got deeper into this like mansion, this dungeon, like it would fuck with you, like psychic, like Scary. on a mental level. And there, I, like, I remember I would get very scared playing um, Ocarina of Time when. There was like a zombie that the screen yes. would, if you got too close, it would like zoom in on a thing and it'd be like, oh, yeah, and then it yeah, would yeah. jump on you. Yeah, That scared me. There's a zombie. Oh my God. It is genuinely scary. I used yeah. to watch my older cousin Kenny play Doom on his computer and just Very not sleep scary. for days and days. It's terrible. They're coming it's at scary. you. My mom once, I don't, this is so weird for my mom too. It's very atypical. But one time she rented me a video game. I believe called Clock Tower. 
Oh. And I it was oh. I, I was 10 or 11 and I it was on PlayStation the like the first one and yeah. it it was like a narrative video game where like you couldn't control much I think it was like you figuring out puzzles and there was sort of a mystery and then I remember <laughs> at one point um just a dog jumped through a window and mauled a woman to death and I just remember oh. like turning it off and then like going into my room and turning all the lights on. <laughs> oh my oh. god. <laughs> Andrew. Wow. Yeah. That's too much. Too, it's too, too real. Too gentle. Too gentle for, for 1997 horror video game. Oh my God. There's, too- um, there's, there's, there's also a distinct memory I have of me, Billy, and Mike, I believe, playing a game called um, Bioshock Infinite. Oh, yeah. That takes, place, that takes place on a floating city in the 20s called Columbia. Oh. And it's supposed to represent, like, um, you know, what our founding fathers envisioned for this country. But then within the first, like, two hours of the game, you witness, like, um, basically a slave being sold. It's, like, <gasps> cra- oh. it's, like so, it's, it's, it's not even, like, a horror game, but it's, like, a dark, dark game that, like, really, this sounds so pathetic, but it really, like, was one of the, was, like, one of the first, like, eye-opening times in my life where I was, like, oh, this country is, 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 is dark and, and, and yeah. horrible. And, like, <sighs> yeah. I, 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 and you get that through a damn video game. Which where I a video like. game surprises amazing. you with something scary and bad. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And it, it does make sense to me. Like, the concept of a cursed video game makes a lot of sense to me. It's a thing that you are, as you were saying, like, you're totally entranced by. You're transported into a place where you have some control yeah. over what's happening. And you begin to, like, live through this avatar on screen. Mm-hmm. And so it makes a lot of sense that that would – if you introduce something spooky into that – yeah, it has a. It's like the next. It's like the next level beyond watching a scary movie. It's like for for thrill seekers because you are complicit in like the scary thing that's happening. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I also will say like just talking about having this be a good time to play scary video games. Like, I think in general, I feel more confident watching scary things uh, now than mm, I do. Yeah. And we've talked about this where like I'll see a, a commercial for like a conjuring movie and then just be actually injured from how scared I get at night like, <laughs> walking around my apartment. Like it feels like I'm actively gushing blood of how <laughs> fucking scared I am as a woman in my thirties. Um, but I feel like it's similar to, a, we talked about watching scary movies on an airplane where it's just less scary. Cause it's like, yeah. this isn't reality. Why would right. I be scared here? And I right. feel like COVID yes. it's like a good time to kind of, if you're, babies like me um (laughs) sort of wading into these scary scary territories Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um if our listeners have a copy of pokemon black please like reach out send Um, us some screenshots there might be i think there's a youtube footage there's like people have posted this to you so maybe it does exist but it's like a mod it's like a hack but like pokemon black and then do pokemon black ghost because they did eventually release a pokemon black version um years later oh interesting yeah pokemon black ghost i think there's actual like 8-bit footage of like the game being played oh i found it yeah i there's also like i remember even in mario as a little kid like mario 3 being super stressed out by the ghosts yeah you know Yes. And the idea of like when your back is turned, the ghost is coming towards you. That I think Terrifying. that kind of introduced that concept to me. <gasps> you know, and it's it's like a genius, like rudimentary way of like conveying that. Right, you turn it, around and the ghost is coming towards you, but then if you turn back, it stops. Like it's, it's I know, like, and it comes. And we were saying that that especially the the um the sort of like folk monsters and urban legends from Japan are just so much better than every other country. And I think a big part of it is like, there's something about them that feels, it's like a marrying of like ancient things that are scary. And then like very modern things that are scary, which also like, there's a lot of those figures that are incorporated into video games, which is super interesting. Totally. Totally. Um, Yeah. 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 Just like, 
it goes so much harder than it has to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's like when you go to a casual Halloween party at someone's house and then someone's costume is like fully gorgeous. Oh, I know. The, like, you're ugh. like, oh, okay. I didn't know we were I, doing that. We have. I think foot. about that. Whose tweet was that where they dressed up like the Babadook at a Halloween party where no oh. one else was in a costume? Was it Katie Delaney? No, who was it? Katie Dippold? It, it makes me laugh so much every time. What was the tweet? What was the tweet? Someone. Was, oh, gosh. It was a, a comedian posted this thing that was like, yes. I went to a Halloween party thinking it was a costume party, but instead it was like an adult's drinking wine party. And they are in a full Babadook costume surrounded <laughs> by chat. normally dressed adults, like just drinking wine. <laughs> it was Katie Dippold. I'm sending the. Katie Dippold. God, it's wow. so Copying very the link, funny. I'm going to put it in the, the chat. It's worth looking at. <laughs> Viral Babadook Halloween. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, I, can't, I immediately recognize it. It really it's tickles so me. Good. It's my, my, my one of my nephews plays Minecraft, and apparently uh-huh. there's there are scare there's like a zombie in that or ghost in that that walk around, and occasionally he'd be playing, and I'd hear him like, oh, like. <laughs> actually startled and those are just blocks it's amazing that the impact that something like that can have i'm also now remembering that there's a level on sonic where there are ghosts like when the torches go down to a certain low level ghosts will come out really yes oh Oh, wow it's and i remember being like actually terrified like it was happening in real life (laughs) you know what it is it's that like you watch a movie and like someone runs into like there's a scare and but then like you're not the one who's responsible for getting right out of that situation yeah it falls on you to like run away it's it's yeah they started off as cute ghosts when the the light was sort of medium and then they like little halloween ghosts and then they turn into like ghosts with horns oh oh mad eyes i i like i think maybe that was a part of why i ended up like stop i stopped playing video games for a while and i remember getting too invested in like in games that should not like yoshi's story i would feel so bad when they died and then got carried to that tower like because i'd be like oh i messed this up and now (laughs) and now this yoshi's gonna be tortured in this torture chamber by shy guys um or whatever they were did we talk did we did farmer did you not have you ever talked about this jumpstart fourth grade or no Oh, I have a video. There are there are these. So the, the, remember those Jumpstart video games? Yes, like, were just edutainment ed, edutainment video games. Jumpstart Fourth Grade is notorious. It takes place on like an island, um, owned by a witch, <gasps> and the 3D renderings are beautifully done, but terrifying. <sighs> and like it's famously considered one of the scariest games ever made. Oh because, wow! And it's and it's just I, there's a fun little ironic tension, I guess, with the fact that it's an educational game, but it's like truly. If anyone, if anyone listening grade. is familiar with Jumpstart Fourth Grade, wow! Please, 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 um, cosign. Yeah. Oh, I have to now. I have to see. <laughs> you um, play it. Yeah, I, I loved. I even, I mean, frankly, even like number and word munchers, like that would stress me out enough. Yes, yes. The troglodytes oh coming after you. This is um, hell. Did either of you guys <laughs> ever play Mist? Yes, Mist was scary because there was no one around. And it was right. So eerie. Yes, and it was like what went wrong here i i remember yes. like i didn't when i was like i was young enough then that i didn't understand the concept of like what the limitations of video games were so like i was so ready for anything to become scary at any moment in time right. um i yeah and i think i think a big part of that is i remember there was a trailer or i somehow was watching a trailer uh before a movie for suspiria like the old one like the 70s uh-huh, uh-huh. and it begins with the back of a woman's head and she's brushing her hair. And I've looked it up recently. And it's like 
not a scary trailer. It's just like a woman brushing her hair and it's like, roses are red, violets no. are blue. And then at some point it turns around and it's just a skull wearing a wig. <laughs> and then it was like Suspiria. And what that did to my brain at the time is I was like, oh, okay. So anything could be, become scary at any time. Like that's the rule. Oh just God. be ready for that. <laughs> Lady Bird is sleep barking. She's Lady doing it Bird. again. Oh, sleep barker. Oh. I showed, I showed Anna, speaking Woof-woof. of Pokemon I sh- and Lady Bird, I showed Anna a Pokemon that is Lady Bird. Oh, which one? Yamper. Okay. Yamper. Oh, that does sound like a Lady Bird. Yamper. Yamper is a word that she would say if she could speak. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's Yamper. Okay, let's see. It's Ladybird. <gasps> oh, it really is. Good. It really is Ladybird. That like, is down so to her bizarre. coloring and her exact neck shape. It's right. It's Yamper. Wow. What, what kind of? What kind of? What does Yamper do? Yamper is an electric Pokemon. Okay, similar um, to P- Pikachu. Similar to Pikachu, and then it evolves into um, a beautiful. Uh, it evolves into Boltend, which is, looks more like a like a wolf. Oh. Wow. Yeah. But Yamper's cuter, objectively. Beautiful. Yamper is literally, oh, the the legs are not there. The feet are just connected to the body, which is very accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you, Bowen, for seeing her. She also, we switched out her collar flower, and it's now a um, a yellow one. It's really nice. Collar flower. Her collar flower. You guys eat collar flower? Collar flower rice. Collar flower rice. Oh, my God. Um, This is so good. Should we do, um, Bowen, we like to end our episodes with um, scary ideas for things that could happen, which are Mm -hmm. just plausible um, ideas or pitches for scary moments. Yeah. Does that sound Mm -hmm. good? That sounds great. Cool. Um, Andrew, do you you have one? Oh, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll improvise one. Okay, good. You've been hearing a lot about baby, baby foot peels. But you don't want to spend the money to buy your own. So you look up a recipe for homemade baby foot peels. And you make it. And you put it on your feet. You put socks over it. You go to bed. You wake up. You take off your socks. And you're excited to see if there's any progress. But instead, you have the feet of a (laughs) 95-year-old. That, that could, could happen. happen. Oh my god, Andrew! I have to say, my baby foot cycle just completed, and uh, you, you feel good. It worked great. Yeah, but it could have been I, that. It scares me. It scares me. That could happen, Andrew. I think you should do it. And I think you'll like it. <laughs> okay. 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 Here we go. I'll do one. You finally break down and order a Peloton. <laughs> And it takes a week and a half to arrive. And when it, you get an email saying your Peloton has been delivered and you check out front and there's a teeny tiny wooden crate the size of a bottle of wine. And you open it with the back of a hammer revealing a small, shitty <laughs> doll with no clothes and bad hair. And when you're looking at it, you catch a reflection of yourself in the mirror glass or the glass of your front door and your legs and ass are perfect. Uh. 
and you get so startled you drop the doll and then your legs and ass look normal again (gasps) and you touch the doll and it looks so good so you just keep holding it so that you look like you rode a peloton but then one day you drop it and your legs and ass look good and you turn to your significant other and say huh and they say you've been doing so good on your peloton and then you turn and look and see that there's a full peloton in your house <laughs> oh my god that, that could happen, happen. happen. <laughs> honestly that's crazy I would take that exchange if I had to carry a doll around everywhere so that my ass looked perfect all the time sign me the fuck up it'll balance out I could have oh, a cute that- little like fanny pack with a doll in it yeah just like yeah. Be, be known at places oh is that that's that guy who always carries the doll who has the perfect ass <laughs> you know it's like that's fine that's yeah. fine Bowen do you uh, want to go do you have one yeah um you have really perfected the timing and the schedule around watering your monstera (laughs) without having to google anything you've just been like through trial and error figured it out and you've read feng shui books at least four, and you decided the best place for the Monstera is right by the window for direct exposure to sunlight. Mm. Or I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. On the opposite side of the room mm. uh, from the window mm-hmm. so that it still gets sunlight, but it, it doesn't get direct sunlight. Mm. And then you just want to break your sort of every day a little bit so you sort of move around your bed and so that your bed is next to not the nightstand, but the Monstera. And then every day you wake up and you see the Monstera is through sort of photo sensitivity or whatever is just growing in the direction of the window towards the sun. And then you don't notice the incremental growth, but then um, 75 days later you wake up and the Monstera is um, clamped around your balls. It, this is for someone who has balls. <laughs> And you, f- and then it feels good, and then you fuck the monstera. <laughs> that, that, that could happen. happen. This is best Bowen. case scenario quarantine. This is it. I, this is the romance. <laughs> this is the quarantine rom com I've been looking yes. for. I want an Italo Calvino style horror novel written by you called "This Is for Someone Who Has Balls." <laughs> 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 and it's it's a yes. second person horror novel, and it's yes. just about you. Oh I'm my playing. god! This is for someone who has balls. Yeah. yeah. Oh Perfect. wow! That's you re- just described th- something that would do so well at con. Yeah. <laughs> this is that's basically the lighthouse. It's the same vibe. D- Bone, did you see it, the lighthouse? I, I plagiarized. I didn't. I didn't see it. It is it's, pure bonkers. You didn't plagiarize at all. It's just no. that level of okay. Got it. Magic, magic realism. Yeah. Yes. It, I, I, that's the strangest I've ever felt watching a movie. I don't like old timey bod. I don't like confronting how people use the bathroom before yeah, modern plumbing. Like, like I don't like that. He like makes love to a mermaid and then she starts laughing at him and then her laugh turns into the sound, turns into the sound of like a boat's horn. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it happens in broad daylight, which is so much scarier than if it were at night. Right. He, oh he masturbates God. to a carving of a, of a mermaid that he's, it's just, it, there's so, there's a lot to, it's a, lot. a lot to confront in there. It's sure, hashtag sure. quar vibes. <laughs> but this honestly, that's relevant again. this is for someone who has balls, I think is a much better A24 <laughs> yes. horror picture. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, Bowen, Bowen, thank you so much. My parents, I love you. We just love you. My parents. Oh, man, this was a delight. I love opening up into the world of video game whore. Yes, there's plenty to be explored. Yeah. Um, I I miss you guys terribly. We miss you so much. Just a true joy. If you you want to see more of Bowen, I mean, watch your dang TV. Turn your television on. Turn your television, listen, listen to Las Culturistas. It is, it is like the most enduring thing that has given me delight and joy in the past several years. It's so very good. And if you want to see Bowen um, posting screenshots of video games, because you're not a video game person, it's a nice little window into it. Follow him on Instagram at Faye Dunaway. And he gave me the best compliment ever, which was you make the culture seem accessible. Like you, you, you make it so that like other people exactly appreciation for it. and i'm like it's, that is the nicest thing anyone can say it's, it's a nice, true it's it's a good service you're doing it's the oh it's the God. truth and god at faye dunaway have you has she has her have her people reached out no. to you that's amazing Not yet still oh my god one day. <laughs> one day one day what was it that she got into a fight with her assistant uh, on the broadway her assistant, show yes and she called him a little homosexual boy <laughs> yes. oh my god <laughs> I don't think I can say this in this podcast. I probably okay. shouldn't. We'll cut this out. But one time I was in a Wawa in Philadelphia and there was a, a bachelorette there. It was like one o'clock in the morning no. and she was upset and she was yelling on her phone to her friends. And um, she called one of her friends a disloyal. <laughs> and I could, I honestly, I stayed in the Wawa after making my purchase because I was like, I'm just going to see how this pans out. <laughs> The My word disloyal. God. Disloyal. Yeah. Just, just in combination <laughs> with, with, yeah, it just, it made me laugh. It, it like primes you for the slur. It may, exactly. And that, it felt like if Faye Dunaway had said that, I might have even been more on her side. <laughs> little homosexual. Little, little homosexual boys. Yeah, little homosexual. Wasn't it because well, he brought well, her like the wrong sandwich or something? It was something involving a sandwich. Yeah, maybe? something crazy. Wow. Uh, Bowen, right. we love you lots. I love you. Love you. very much. And to Bye. everyone else, follow us. Give us a review. Give us your, give us your meat. Give oh, my your, God. Well, can I just mention? Can I just mention the one star review that I love oh, very much? Yes. yes, very good. Review. We got a one star review from someone who's oh, called no. like not like the word number spelled out, and then the number one, and then it <laughs> says like surprise or fan or something. Anyway, um, and the review is just this is a lame podcast. Also, it gives my sister nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> so she's speaking on her has this person speaking on their sister's behalf. That's I know we have I, to. We have to. I was talking about this with Jason in the shower because it's infiltrated my mind, and I, I believe that this person is a, a young child. <laughs> I love it. I, I actually find it very endearing because it's it's, nice. it's like allyship in the form of a review. Like yeah. I'm writing this review because it gives my sister nightmares. I love that. Caring if about this, your sister's nightmares is the province of children. Yeah. If this podcast gives your sister nightmares, Anna and I have just one bit of advice for you: Get, Get out. out forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.